Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. With Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. And normally he'd be joining us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Today, we are pleased to have the great Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic in studio. Stop it, stop it. JR, what's going on, man? Nothing, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So I woke up yesterday and I saw a piece over at The Athletic said, I feel fresh again. Jaden Schwartz ready to move on after a season he almost didn't play following the, uh, his father's death. I read it. It was one of my favorite pieces that you I've ever read from you. It was absolutely fantastic because you get so much depth on what was going through Jaden Schwartz's mind last year as he's going through everything. The, the death of his father, the pandemic that's changed his plans leading into the season, how difficult the season was for him both on and off of the ice, what the year was like for him, what it was like for Shin, like, there was so much depth to this piece, and I absolutely adored it. I, I am curious, where did this start? Where where did the genesis of this piece come from? Like, did you reach out to him to ask, hey, are you ready to kind of talk about what happened last year? How did this all kind of come together? Yeah, and I appreciate you mentioning the the piece, uh, fun piece to write, especially getting a chance to talk to Jaden, who I've covered since he came to the Blues in 2010. Yeah, just a little background here, BK is when, when players move on, and there have been a lot of them, Bacchus, Petrangelo, so on and so forth, you, you just try to think of what would be a good way to look at their time with the Blues. And the first thing, obviously, reaching out to him, texting him, hey, do you have a moment? And, and he said, uh, this, was, this was a Monday. And usually people say, yeah, I'll call you tomorrow, or you know, I'll talk to you in a couple of days. He said, uh, can, I, can we do this Friday? And I'm like, Five days from now. Okay, yeah, we can we can make that work, no problem. And he said, I'll have a long drive. And I said, oh, I got you. Okay, so you're driving from Canada to, to St. Louis. And, and he said, yeah. So we get on the phone, and he goes, hey, might not have good uh, reception here. I'm in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota. And I'm like, oh, great. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> and so we talk for about 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, Jaden, 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 he's, he's not there. He's gone. So we get talking, and, you know, as a reporter, and, and you do a lot of interviews, you guys ask questions. You never know which questions are going to lead to things, but you just ask as much as you can. You know, whenever a player hasn't played well, and Jaden Schwartz had a tough year last year, tough year and a half, you know, I always try to put the ball in their court. I don't want to ask them, "Hey, what went wrong last year? Yeah, you why were you not goals? productive? Yeah, why were you? Why were you so streaky? And you know, things like that." So I said to uh, Jaden, "I said, so just 
your eyes, your perspective, the last year, year and a half in St. Louis, just w- what are your thoughts? And and he said, you know what? It's if I regret anything in my ten years in St. Louis, it was the last year. So okay, you know that's fair comment that he's making here. And then he says, but to be honest, I didn't know if I was going to come back and play. Like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute, didn't know. And of course, we all know the backstory. His father passed away right before the season, so. So we explored that and we talked and and for people who maybe don't know Jaden Schwartz, he's pretty private. Like he doesn't talk a lot about his sister's passing in 2011, very rarely. He hasn't said anything to my knowledge about his dad's passing. So we spoke, but it's kind of difficult to have that conversation when he's in the middle of North Dakota and you're, you know, cutting in and out a little bit. But I, I felt like uh, I was able to present a story that showed how tough last year was for him. So... I want to start kind of at the beginning and then we'll we'll get to the death of his father as well. But it's it's it dates even further back. It seemed like in the story than that, because you go through the pandemic as well. And that seems to shift his ability to train. And so it kind of starts there and then it continues with the loss of his father. And then that goes into the offseason. And he's like, I, I don't know mentally if I'm in the right place to go back and play from from your conversation with him. How tough was that offseason for Jaden Schwartz to prepare mentally and physically to just go out there and play hockey at the level that he's used to? Well, first of all, I think you have to start the the answer here by saying that it was tough for all players uh, because, you know, you had the pandemic and hockey's different. Like if you have a pandemic and you have a basketball court in your backyard, if you're in the NBA, you go out and you can shoot. But not a lot of guys have a rink at their house. And the community rink where maybe they could go skate or the facility, even the NHL facilities were closed. They could not go skate. So so you can't train. So you have the bubble. They're in the bubble in, in Edmonton and the Blues get knocked out. And, and now you know that the next season's going to be delayed. It's probably not going to start until January. So there Jaden Schwartz is in September, October, November, pandemic, can't train. And then all of a sudden his father, Rick Schwartz, great guy, 59 years old, Terribly sad story, dies of a heart attack while shoveling snow up in Canada, and Jaden gets that news, and he's it's just he's overcome. And you know the family, as I mentioned, has already dealt with extreme tragedy with the passing of his sister Mandy, twenty three years old, to leukemia in uh, two thousand eleven. Blues fans know that story. The community has rallied around the family from that standpoint, and now. Rick is gone. He's been the face of the dad's trips. And and so now all of a sudden, Jaden Schwartz, tough time keeping in shape. Now he loses his dad. Now he wants to be there with his family and them for him. And oh, by the way, you have to leave in about three or four weeks to head to St. Louis to get ready for an NHL season. So, you know, I know that some of the reaction to the story was people saying, how can you not be motivated you know, I've covered the Blues since 2005. Yes, these guys get paid a lot. They're still humans. They still have emotion, just like all of us who go through similar things, losing loved ones. And so I could understand where he was coming from trying to get ready for that season. Oh. And, and obviously it uh, carried on and for months and months. Oh, dude, I absolutely. I mean, my, my loss recently was not my father. I can't even imagine what that was like for him because he's close with his dad um, and that that, that plays a big role in this. Like, I lost a close friend of mine, I guess it would have been a few months ago now, and Therese Paler, and right. it was sudden. And 
you don't know how to grieve. And it messed me up. I still like there are triggers for me where like he, he was a football writer. And so we covered the Chiefs together. We did a radio show together. And there are triggers when I'm watching the Chiefs or when I'm thinking about what he would say about a certain thing. If we we're talking on the phone the way that we typically would like. Those things are triggers where you you just get sad for a little while, right? And for him, I can't imagine because his relationship with his father was so much through hockey, what it was like for him uh, with going to the rink and just doing the things that he would typically do every day. You're reminded or you're thinking about, you know, him being gone. And so, oh, I, I would hope that everybody can understand what that's like, or maybe even if you don't have something to compare that to yourself. And I... Until a few months ago, I frankly didn't. Um, that that would be brutal. It'd be nearly impossible to overcome, especially in such a short period of time. Yeah, and and so he had a tough year, and the, you know you make no bones about it, and uh, no points in the playoffs, and and you know just to get the little personal here is, you know after the year I do a report card, and Jaden didn't have a good year, and I'm owning up to it here. You know I knew of the situation with his father, but this is a reminder that we don't know how much some of these guys are hurting. When I sat down and I did that report card, I'm thinking it's a D. It might be an F, you know, his season. And to own up to it, you know, I gave Jaden Schwartz an F for the season just because I know what he's capable of producing, and he didn't do that. And again, you know the situation, but you, you try, you know, how much do you weigh that into it? You, you don't talk to him on an everyday basis about what he's going through. And so, yeah, as he was saying some of the things on the phone to me uh, last week when we were doing that interview, it, it kind of does lead you to believe, eh, maybe I should have graded on a curve a little bit more. Sure, but I, I think it's understandable from your perspective as well, right? You're grading the on-ice stuff, and there is an off-ice component that bleeds into that, obviously, but... It was a tough year all around for everybody, um, including certainly Jaden Schwartz, maybe more so than most. I am curious because you mentioned uh, his sister as well and the connection that that now has here in St. Louis and really the bond that St. Louis has with Jaden Schwartz. It's pretty unique because he and Alex Petrangelo is this way as well. They were here on the front end of the last decade of what blues hockey was right. And so they were here through the difficult losses. They were here through the improbable St. Louis uh, blues cup run. And then they were here on the, for Schwartz. He was also here on the back end as well. The last couple of years. What is that connection like between Schwartz and St. Louis and St. Louis and Schwartz? What, if you could sum that up for some of our listeners, I, I'd be curious to hear that. Well, I'll put it this way. I twofold. I think one is that uh, Jaden Schwartz, when he comes back for the Stanley Cup banquet and whatever year it is, it's going to be a standing ovation when they mention his name. I I just think that there are players uh, like Jaden Schwartz who gave it their all night after night for so many years that however they left, you know, that's not going to be an issue whatsoever. And this is going to be a guy who I think is going to draw one of the loudest applauses at the Stanley Cup banquet in in 20-plus years. Secondly is I, I didn't see anything... On social media, and not that I live on there, but uh, I didn't see anything where any fans were upset for his reasons for leaving. I mean, you went through the whole Alex Petrangelo thing and the crowds kind of split 50-50 or David Backus or, you know, TJ Oshie gets traded. You know, you got the fans and you got the good riddance. You got all that stuff. With Jaden Schwartz, it's, you know what, you gave it everything you had. You know, thank you for that and good luck in Seattle. And I think that speaks to what I just said about what kind of reaction he's going to get in the future. How do you feel kind of progressing forward here about Schwartz's future in Seattle? Because reading that story, I couldn't help but get the sense, man, I think he's in for a big year. 
it just seems being closer to home, having his mom have the ability to, I think you said it's like a four hour plane ride down there with the connection, as opposed to like the multiple day drive that she would make here down to St. Louis. A lot of direct flights into St. Louis, right? (laughs) Yeah, certainly. (laughs) Do you expect him to have a pretty good season this year for Seattle? Are you sensing that? I, I would think so. I'm just speculating. He's a great player. He really is. And has, you know, even prior to, you know, what's transpired here with, with, you know, with his passing of his father, you know, he's been inconsistent at times offensively. So, you know, you are who you are kind of type thing. So I don't expect him to go score every other night and put up 30 next year for Seattle. But if, if he's saying he's fresh, he's, he's back to feeling happy at the rink again. And here's a guy who I think has been one of the best defensive forwards I've seen since I've covered uh, the Blues, just a ferocious back checker. And the thing with Jaden Schwartz is when he does it, it leads the way other guys do it. We don't get to see what he means off the ice in the locker room, but talking to Braden Chan a couple of days ago, just raving about you know mm-hmm. Jaden Schwartz in the locker room. So, so I do think he's going to have a good season. It, it's hard to read, though, because who knows what Seattle's going to look like, who knows how they're going to come together, but I expect him to be one of their better players. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. I mentioned this before we had JR on. I want to do some quick hitters with you, maybe some listener questions. I've got some for you as well, Blues-related. If you have a question for JR as we're now – Pretty darn close to the start of the blue season. Send them in now. The Air Comfort Service text line 65780. It's 1217. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Coming up next, we'll hear your questions. I've got some of my own for JR Blues related quick hitters on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. Seven eight zero is the air comfort service tax line to get your questions in. We have Jeremy Rutherford, the best blues insider in the country in studio with us for the next 10 minutes. So if you've got questions, now is the time to send them in. Let's start with this one, JR. JR, what's the deal with Robert Thomas and his contract? It was reported a few days ago that the blues would potentially be working on his extension. Have you heard any update on Thomas's contract situation? Yeah, No real news. And again, this stuff can always pop up uh, any day in terms of when they come to an agreement. But Robert Thomas, I thought was going to be a difficult one going into the offseason because here's a young guy, first round pick, won a Stanley Cup. He's done nothing but win in his career, but he just hasn't taken that next step. So when you have a Jordan Cairo who puts up 35 points in 55 games, hey, you're going to give him 2.5 or or close to, to it. But with Robert Thomas, he probably still needs that bridge deal. He probably still needs to come in a little bit less than that, what, what Kairou did, and, and show that he can be that guy in the top six. And when he does, he's going to get paid, but he's got to show it. I'm going to show my ignorance here on hockey contracts, and I apologize for it. But if they signed him to a one-year deal this year, would they still have his rights going yeah. into 2022? Yep. So they've still got one more year left on that yeah, if they sign him to he, another he, deal. He won't be UFA for a number of years, so he's okay. going to be restricted. And he doesn't have arbitration rights uh, this year, so he'll get that. In the future, that'll give him some leverage. Doesn't have it right now, so the Blues hold the cards. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line for questions with JR. Let's go to this one from the 314. Anything new on Tyler Bozak? Have you heard anything on his front, whether it's here or elsewhere? Tyler Bozak's in town, and I believe uh, skating with the Blues. The way I see the situation is that 
I think he wants to remain a blue. I think that the blues would like to have him. But right now with the Vladimir Tarasenko situation in terms of having that cap tied up, $7.5 million, I think they're going to have to move Tarasenko to free up some space. I think they got enough right now to, to bring in Thomas. But if you're going to bring in Bozak at a couple million dollars for a year or two, you're going to have to move Tarasenko. So I think that's waiting for that to happen. Well, that's the natural landing spot for our next question then. What is the latest <laughs> on Vladimir Tarasenko? I can't believe I'm asking you that question on August 24th. Yeah, and I can't believe it either. You know, we're just a few weeks away from this team uh, actually starting training camp. But listen, Doug Armstrong is in the position he is in terms of a Stanley Cup general manager and a guy who's had success for over a decade here in St. Louis because he knows what he's doing. And I think it's a situation where, okay, I know what I want for Vladimir Tarasenko. I'm going to wait until I get it or at least get something close to it. And oh, by the way, Vladimir probably didn't help himself in Doug Armstrong's eyes with it becoming public that he was looking for a trade. So I think it's a situation where Doug Armstrong saying, "Okay, you sit over there in the corner when I get what I want. That's when I'll make the deal. And if you have to come to training camp, you have to come to training camp. I think that's where we're at. How I'm going to put you in a really tough spot here, and I apologize for doing so. How likely do you think it is that Tarasenko ends up showing up on day one of camp because he's not traded yet? If he's not traded, I can almost guarantee that he'll show up. He'll be here. He knows that he's got a contract to uphold. Unless something's changed recently, then he's going to show up. He's going to be here. Now, I thought the question you were going to ask, and I'll answer it too, is, you know, are we guaranteed that it's going to get done before we start a training camp? I still think it will. I mean, I know there are people, you know, Blues Insiders, You know, Chris Kerber has mentioned, you know, I wouldn't put it past Doug Armstrong to bring him to training camp, you know, got all the respect in the world for Chris Kerber and guys in his position. I just don't see how they bring him back and bring him around the team after what's transpired this summer. It would be, I, I don't say this lightly, a stunning move, an absolutely stunning move to bring him back into that, that dressing room. And here's, here's why I say that, um, you know, is the package that you get, whatever it is, they're retaining the salary, the player that you get back, is it going to be that much greater in two months into the season that it was worth it to have that kind of and atmosphere? By the way, and disruption? if you're concerned about his shoulder, there is the risk of him hurting his shoulder again. And well, now you're you're stuck. Yeah. And a lot of people are also saying, you know, what if Tarasenko goes out and scores 10 goals in the first couple of weeks and now he raises his stock and now that the team's won him? He can also score one goal in the first 20 games, and now... There's just a lot of risk. The the reward is... It's there. There is potentially reward there. But the amount of risk that you're taking on, both with his play, his injury status, and what that means for your dressing room, I, I don't think for me, I can only speak for myself, I don't think it would be worth it. I do think they'll pure speculation by me eventually get something done before camp i have to believe that that would be the case yeah i I just can't see a situation where however many weeks months into the season all of a sudden teams are coming at doug armstrong and offering to pay more of that salary to me it makes sense to to cut bait prior to uh the start of camp next question six five seven eight oh is the air comfort service tax line if you have questions for jeremy rutherford the best blues insider in the country jr how concerned are you about the blues lack of size defensively and do you think they still have a move 
move for another defenseman in play. I, I think there's a possibility, and perhaps that ties into our Tarasenko conversation. Not saying that some big six foot four defenseman comes back in the uh, Tarasenko trade, uh, but you never know what Doug Armstrong has up his sleeve if there's another move prior to the start of training camp. Remember, Justin Falk was right before the start of training camp. Uh, concerned about the size a little bit. I wrote about it the other day at The Athletic that, look, they gave up the most goals against per game last year since 2006. And this is a defense, so you talk about giving up the most goals against in, you know, 14, 15 uh, years, and they didn't really change anything. In fact, they lost Vince Dunn. So, you know, can Mikola, can Scott Prunovich, can they come in, step up? Jake Wallman, can he, you know, keep trending upward? Possibly, but I just don't see how that gets it done. Now, am I worried? Not necessarily because I think these guys are capable. I think Tory Krug's probably going to be better. We saw Justin Falk play better last year if Colton Preco's healthy. The key here is we all talk, myself included, about needing somebody out in front. You know, let's box out. Let's be more physical in front. Need that net front presence in front of your own net. You know, if you can successfully get the puck out of your zone and the Blues have players who are capable of doing that, they did not do it last year. But if you have guys who are capable of getting the puck out of the zone, you're not playing in front of your net all the time. You cough up the puck and now all of a sudden Colorado's playing in your end for 45 seconds. You know, that's what you need to avoid. And you can do that by getting the puck out of the zone. Tanner, I know you had a question for JR. What do you got for him today? Mine's basically sticking with that, and it was, you know, the big defenseman. Without that, are they going to become more of a team that is just going to say we, we still want, it, we still have faith in our defenseman, but are we just going to have to just outscore everybody? We can't, we can't survive at a defensive battle. We run into a hot goalie, then we might be in trouble. And how much? I mean, you mentioned it there too. I, I don't view them that much better, or sorry, I view them better because I think they solved their top left wing spots. But if you don't add the big defenseman. Are you really going to take that next big step to not not surpass Colorado, but get closer to them and close the gap? Yeah, no, it's fair. I think that if you're talking about trying to outscore teams, you're talking about missing the playoffs. I don't think this Blues team can afford to look at it that way. I think that they have to play tight defense. It has to be better than last year. And I know the personnel, the roster has changed so much, but that's what this Blues team has been built on for so many years. That's why they've had the success. So, you know, are you going to win some 6-5 games? Potentially, but that cannot be your goal going into the season. Let's go quick hitter style here yep. jr quick questions quick answers when the blues report to training camp who gets the first shot at the top left wing spot oh i think you're probably going to see uh brandon Saad. I, I think that uh you know there's been talk about pavel buchnevich playing on the left side and potentially he will when we show up for camp maybe we'll see it but i asked him specifically and he said i'm a lot more comfortable on the right i gotta believe that he's co- telling the coaches the same thing so to me uh, as I look at it today, it'd be sad. Okay, then follow up. Who gets the the <laughs> second line left wing spot on the first day of camp in your mind? Left wing? Left wing on the second line with, yeah, with Shin and Buchnevich, I would imagine, is what you're going with. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably... Maybe I sp- spoke too soon uh, No, there. no, no. I'm still not ready to put Robert Thomas in that second line center spot at the start of camp, even though they did that last year. Um, so to me, you're probably going to have Shin in the middle. But if they look at it like that left wing spot's a bigger need, you know, then you move Shen over to that left side. I, I just can't see the Blues coming back this season and you know going through a musical chair on that left side with Sanford and Barbashev and those types of guys. So for now, I'm going to say Shin, even though I think he's probably going to start at center. So if it's if Shin's in the center, then I'm going to make you you answer this one. <laughs> You're pushing. Sod top line left wing, Buchnevich second line right wing. Who's your second line left winger with Shin centering that line? Yeah, is Tarasenko on this team? <laughs> I don't know. Are you making him play the left side? Well, I'm saying somebody's going to have to, unless you're going to put uh, Sanford or Barbashev or somebody Kyler? up there. 
you know, Kyrou can too. Um, I think they like him and he likes the right wing a little bit better. And if you're stacked on the right side with Buchnevich and Perron, you're maybe moving Kyrou down to the right side. But yeah, I mean, Jordan Kyrou is not going to turn down a top six role on the sure. left side. Um, what's the status as far as we know on Sonny? Do we expect him to be ready for the start of camp? I think uh, he is out on the ice. I don't think he's full participation right now. I think Oscar Sundquist himself said that he won't be ready for the start of the season, but that he'll miss a few games. And for people who are unaware, uh, he had the knee surgery, knocked him out at the end of the year. Kyle Clifford bumped into him. And then also, I think he had some hip problems from the previous season that now, because they were going under the knife, he had that addressed as well. So I think he's going to miss a little time. Colton Pareko, are we expecting him to be 100% this year? I believe so. And, you know, when you say 100%, you're talking about the back and you're talking about, you know, he relied on rehab. They didn't go the surgery route. Thank goodness, right? Um, but I think he's going to have to, you know, you do, can only do so much in the off season. So, like, when you start camp and it's every single day, you know, how does his body react to that? Um, you know, I, I hopefully good because the Blues are going to need him. But as far as uh, how is he, Doug Armstrong said a few months ago that uh, he was progressing nicely. Night one, who's Colton Pareko's partner? <laughs> I thought you were going to say night one, who's in goal? Make it easy on me. Uh, <laughs> Colton Pareko's partner, let's see. So you're going to go with uh, Krug and Falk potentially. I know last year they mixed and matched. You went Krug and, and Pareko. I think if you start right now, you're probably going Krug and Falk, and then you go Scandella and Pareko. Who is taking uh, Vince Dunn's spot on the power play? I think you're going to see more of Justin Falk, even though we saw him last year uh, get some more ice time there. I think that uh, you're going to see Falk, I would think, regularly on the power play. Also, you got Tory Krug. So that's kind of the position there at the top uh, quarterback in the power play that uh, they're going to need to fill. I like it. JR, you're the best, my man. Oh, thank thank you so much for hopping through today. We always appreciate Wait, it, we people. We didn't find out who's in goal opening night. Who's in goal opening night? <laughs> Obviously, Billy Huso. Billy Huso. Yes. Um, we appreciate you hopping in. You can find his piece. I highly recommend it. Subscribe over at The Athletic. JR's putting together unbelievable work. If you're a Blues fan, it is it must subscribe. Jaden Schwartz ready to move on after a season he almost didn't play following his father's death. You can read that right now over at The Athletic. You can get all of JR's coverage over there. And by the way, that was a joke. Jordan Bennington will be in net because if I don't say that, it'll be on, uh, I'll check my Twitter later. Why do you mean Huso starting opening night? Huso will not be starting opening night for the Blues. We don't have to worry about that. JR, always appreciate it, man. We'll talk with you again next week. Anytime. Coming up next, six teams on average swap out of the playoffs for the NFL every year. Last year, we saw seven of them. Who are going to be the six for 2021? I'll tell you next on 101 ESPN. Lady Lunchington presents Sandwichisms. There is no such thing as a free lunch, but you absolutely deserve a free lunch hour. Better make it count with a grilled cheese that pays in tasty stacks of craft singles. This has been another Sandwichism by Lady Lunchington, world's only certified lunch coach. Sandwich more at LadyLunchington.com. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.